This is the Hook Better Leads podcast. My guest today is Tom Davis. How are you doing, Tom? Doing well, Tim. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. So we're talking about three types of emails that contractors should send to customers after the sale. So, you know, it gets a lot of love, all that stuff before the sale. Yeah. But, you know, where do we where do we get into trouble? Where can we see more opportunities? Sometimes it's like, hey, what happens after the sale? So in your experience, share with us those three emails. Actually, Tom, before we do that, can you just give a little bit of like, just a brief snippet about the company and like about what you guys, your expertise is in so that people can trust what you're saying about email here? Yeah, of course. So my name is Tom Davis. I'm the director of partnerships for a company called Signpost. We are a marketing platform that's tailored to folks in the contracting and home services business. Uh, we've been around for about 10 years. And what we're trying to do is really help um, these home service providers become better marketers, drive more business, not only the new business perspective, but the repeat business. Um, on a personal level, I've been in digital marketing for about eight years now. Um, six of those were spent with a company called MailChimp. Um, after that, I worked with a company called Zapier that was really focused on uh, helping folks connect the various platforms that they use. And then recently this year, I joined Signpost to really help um, with their partnership initiatives and then really try to help the underdog and the little guy compete with some of these uh, national brands that are huge. So uh, we're really trying to champion the little guy. Awesome. So let's talk about those three emails. What should be, what should people be, what's the result that we want from these emails first? What's the, why, why do we want to send these? Oh, great question. So first and foremost, we want to make sure that your customers are happy. Um, once we know that they are happy, we want to help drive repeat business uh, with those existing clients. And then as well, we want to make sure that we are um, leveraging our existing user base or, or excuse me, our, our, our existing customer base to ensure that um, that they are providing potentially word of mouth referrals, or if they have friends and family that need help, that you are top of mind to be the expert uh, that can provide the help that they might need. Awesome. I love it. So let's get into these three emails. What should we All be right. sending? What should, what should we be sending, Tom? All right. So Tim, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we're looking to talk about an email series that happens after the sale, right? So you've already got the lead, you've closed the deal, you've done the work. And so what are we going to do next? First and foremost, you need to be asking for a review. Um, we know that, that kind of the old school generation, my father included as a landscape business owner, was always word of mouth, was always word of mouth. But we know that the landscape is changing in terms of um, the age of homeowners and how they're also finding and looking for contractors. And what we're seeing is that as more and more millennials are buying their first homes, they're maybe not necessarily going directly to their neighbors to ask them for you know, a roofing contractor or a plumber. Um, or a, or a landscaper, unless you're like me and, and you ask your neighbor who, who blew out their sprinklers. So what they're doing is they're going online, right? They're searching for folks in the area that can provide the service. We know they're doing it on Google. It's the most popular search platform that's out there. And we wanna make sure that if, if they are doing business with you, that they are being vocal on those platforms so that as other new homeowners are going to find service providers in their areas, that they're, that they're able to find you because you're getting to the top of those local search results. Um, I want to take a moment there and kind of take a step back. You know, these huge national organizations have potentially million dollar marketing budgets, right? Budgets that might be bigger than a small contractor makes it in an entire year. And it's really difficult to compete with somebody that has that. However, if you've got a really loyal base and you're really doing great work and asking them to leave a review, this can actually help you get to the top of those search results in a way that, that others might not be able to, to do because they yeah. don't have that budget. 
I just want to throw something out here. I believe in that strategy so, so much. I think like contractors and a lot of these companies, it, you know, we, we all have these grand visions, but honestly, we can win more when we play small ball because exactly. these, these giant companies can't play small ball at scale, but you can, you can be on the top of maps. You can yep. do lists for your local area. You can build a brand in your local area that's that's clickable, that excites people, that makes people want to get in and, and talk to you. So playing small ball, that's the thing I talk about a lot. And I think contractors should do that more. It, it, exactly, Tim. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, right, it, a lot of people pay for that top slot. But if you're doing great work, your customers are vocal about the work you're doing and they're giving you great reviews, you're naturally going to to get to the top of that local search result and that Google map that you mentioned. Uh, and that's something that you just can't pay for, right? Some folks will run ads to try to get to the top, but if you're doing good work, you stand by your word and you're treating people fairly, odds are they're gonna leave you a great review and that's gonna help you get to the top. And the reason why that's so important is, is not only is you as a small business, you know, your word is your bond, you are your company. What we found is that when people are searching for somebody locally, you don't ever search like mediocre roofer in my area, right? You say best roofer, right? Best plumber, whatever it may be. And when people start searching with the term best, it will automatically cut out anybody with less than a four-star average review. So it is imperative that you are asking your clients, whether you just work with them or you worked with them a couple of months ago, reach out, touch base with them, right? See how the roof is doing. You know, is the hot water still super hot because you replaced the hot water heater? Um, touching base with them and getting them to leave that review will help you get to the top there. So when people do search for the best in the area, you're more likely to get to that, that listing that's, that's provided. Awesome. All right. What's number two? What's the next? All right. Number two for me really is uh, my, my personal favorite. And this is something like a seasonal topical email. So um, we're in the middle of the holidays now. We know that Black Friday, Cyber Monday just happened. People are offering a lot of great deals on consumables. But this is also a great time for you to reach out to offer things like maybe a discount on an annual service package. So uh, do we want to do something like where we come out quarterly and check in on your uh, heater and furnace. I'm based here in Denver. It gets pretty cold. I know you're up in Minnesota, so it gets yeah. pretty chilly up there. So doing something yeah, like and that. I know I know HVAC companies that do this. I know uh, yeah. roofing companies that do this. I know plumbing companies that do this. So there's a lot of different types of companies that can make these these annual service agreements. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's either something like, hey, it's the end of the year. Let's get a seasonal contract uh, for the next year so we can come in. And maybe that's something like free inspections before the work's done. Um, it could be something as simple as, you know, hey, we're getting into these winter seasons. Here are the reasons why you want to make sure you keep your gutters and roof clean if you are piling up snow uh, to help prevent potential long-term damage to the roof as the weather uh, fluctuates, you know, between hot and cold, and you've got that moisture freezing, unfreezing, etc. Um, it's also a great way too, like if you're top of mind in the spring, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I asked my neighbor for his landscapers information so I could blow out my sprinkler system. Um, however, you know, this guy has an opportunity to reach back out to me in February and March and say, hey, spring is around the corner. Let's go ahead and get you on the calendar to get your sprinkler system back up. It's a way for you to go ahead and get that business pre-booked. Uh, it's also an opportunity for you to provide those tips as the local expert, um, such as those maintenance pieces, right? So whether they be for the- so I have a question for you real quick, if you don't mind uh, me butting in here. Yeah, so, of course. You know, I've actually, a lot of my stuff ends up being in kind of one of these more generic, simplified uh, email thing. I use MailChimp. I'm not trying to 
say anything negative about them, but um, this idea of uh, either like seasonal, right? Seasonal or based on time, like six months since the original service. So do you do this based on like in this particular situation, this one is based on seasonal. The other one is based on like one, two months since the service was provided or what, when, when do you send the first one? When do you send the second one? Yeah, great question. So for the seasonal piece, I generally recommend those um, about a month or so out from when those big kind of seasonal changes are. Again, making sure that you're getting folks uh, in your book of business ready to roll. So as, as that need arises, you've already got a healthy piece your clients don't have to worry about them scrambling to get on your schedule. Uh, so then that way you're booking that business out. Uh, and again, it's giving you an opportunity to show that you are the subject matter expert and that you're not just trying to hawk sales to them, but say, look, we think that you want to go ahead and get on the radar. Let's do these kind of preventative maintenance pieces. Um, and if it's something you think you can handle yourself, maybe here's a checklist of things that you can run through. Mm. So you're not only you're not only potentially generating business for yourself, but you're coming across again as that subject matter expert. So then if my friend asked me, you know, hey, who did your plumbing? I can say, great, I work with, you know, Max so-and-so, um, you know, he came and installed it. And he also kind of gave me some great pro tips in terms of how to maintain it throughout the year. So I don't have to keep calling him back, right? So it's not just that he's trying to do the transactional business piece, but he's actually making sure that I'm educated so I can maintain the stuff that they're installing. In terms of the second question there, um, yes, those are uh, date-based follow-ups. So something like that is great for folks that are doing, um, you know, say for instance, new gutters, right? So I got new gutters installed. Maybe we check in in three months, make sure everything's going okay. They're not clogged. Um, it could be something like you mentioned as well. If you are getting a new furnace for HVAC, follow up in a couple months, touch base, see how things are going, include a very clear call to action to say, hey, we wanted to check in, see how things are going. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you know, here's our number, give us a shout. Let's keep it simple. Let's not overload them. Uh, and then that way the homeowner doesn't feel like they're reading a novel with language and information they might not understand. And they can just very easily reach out directly from the email to you. Any, uh, any tips for length? Uh, so, you know, you said not a novel, but what, is, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so on, on you know, my own feeling that I do, I have actually a side little outdoor chair business. Uh, I like to keep it short and sweet. So uh, a very simple entry, kind of couple sentences, maybe a short paragraph, a uh, couple clear bullet points, and then whatever that call to action is. So I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to overwhelm somebody, but let's be honest, most folks are answering all of their emails on their phone these days. So we yeah. want to make sure that it's very visible on the mobile device yeah. and they can just simply click to call to reach out to your group. So, and I like, I, personally, I like, I like emails like well, 150, 200 words. I like, yeah, less is more, man. Less I, like is an, more. I like an image and a call to action button. I think I like both of those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and then basically just this idea of like, uh, we want to make it really focused on their problem their problems at hand, not about us as a company. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think it goes back when we think of small businesses, right? I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I grew up in a landscaping family. Um, you know, you are the subject matter expert and you are the business, right? Be authentic with them. If you're not too uh, talkative, uh, keep it short and sweet. You know, if, if you are uh, very extroverted and, and really talkative, maybe you go a little longer, but I think that the, really the, the good rule of thumb is, short, sweet, simple with a very clear call to action. That's good. I like it. It's all about the headline too in the emails, right? It's, it's yep. the, yeah, exactly. Making sure, it, making sure it's a grab your attention headline. If you, if you spend 
as long as you do on the headline as you did on the rest of the email, that might be smart. Yeah, and one of the things too that we recommend for folks as well um, is, is try to leverage personalization when you're able to. So if you've got the, you know, obviously you've got your customer's information, don't send genera, you know, dear customers. Um, try to use the placeholders in your marketing programs to pull that information in. So it's, you know, hey, Tim, you know, we were out there six months ago. Hey, Tom, we, we replaced this three months ago. It's a little bit more personalized. It helps with the open rates, the click-through rates. Uh, and, and frankly, you just kind of feel like an actual customer versus a recipient of a generic email. That's good. And I think it's also kind of speaks down into, I think sometimes people go too formatted with their emails. Like you can do a lot with just text yep, and you can exactly. make it feel like a personal note to somebody. Yep. So the personalization goes into like, I think some people are spending too long trying to design these emails so they look like your website is there's more yeah. to life than being ridiculously good looking, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's I don't know. Zoolander was onto something there, man. But that's yeah, you know what we say is like don't don't try to over-design it. Don't go for this notion of what people call like pixel perfection, where it looks perfect in the inbox on every single inbox because Yahoo's going to generate an email a little bit differently than Gmail will. We all know Outlook wants to do what it wants to do when it tries to render an email. So just get something that's going to look good across all platforms and, and is representative of your brand. Uh, and Tim, exactly like you mentioned a moment ago, sometimes you don't have to, to reinvent the wheel and just a simple text email can, can do a lot for you. I love just text emails. I prefer that too. And it's also like copy matters. Learning how to write in a way that grabs people's attention and is clear is really useful um, no matter what kind of business you're in. Um, it, do we have one more? Yeah. So the, the one that, that a lot of people actually don't feel comfortable doing, but that we do recommend is actually identifying who your biggest and best customers are and asking them point blank for referrals. So if you do keep good records and you can kind of segment your list to target those customers that are maybe repeat customers or who have left you great reviews online, reach out to them, right? Not only thank them for what they're doing because they're taking time out of their day um, to, to spread goodwill for your business and leave a great review, um, but reach out and say, hey, look, you know, would you be a referral for us, whether that's for new potential clients or would you refer any friends and family that you think uh, might benefit from our services? Um, that's always a little tough for some people. Um, it feels potentially a little sleazy of saying, hey, go ask your friends if they want to work with our business. But if somebody's really a champion for, for the work that you've done and the business that you provide, um, they want to tell their friends, right? They've already told a bunch of strangers on the internet how well you did. Why can't they call their neighbor? I love that. And yes, you want to make sure, you know, they call it the NPS scale, net yeah. promoter scale, what, score, net promoter score. But the point is, is like, it has to be high on that level, right? They are yep. that type of person. Mm -hmm. If you categorize them in that type of person and, and basically what it comes down to is like, I like getting in and just saying like, it should feel like a personal note. Could you connect us with one yep. of your neighbors or one of the people, somebody, uh, would you promote us or, or talk to, maybe even ask for an introduction email. That's, that's what I like to do, especially yeah. if you're sending that basic text email that doesn't look super, kind of mass Cindy and it seems yeah. very personal, you know, why not say, Hey, do you mind replying to this and introducing us to, uh, you know, somebody that you know, that might be in the market for it. I'm all and about it. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's a simple one, right? Everybody's got a friend who needs some help around the house. Um, so it doesn't hurt to take an extra couple minutes to ask for that. 
Um, if it works out, great. And you could offer things like, uh, you know, the referral email in combination with like a new customer incentive, right? So, hey, if you refer us a friend, we're going to give them X dollars off or a free inspection, or we'll give you X dollars off of your repeat business when you come back. So it's an yes. opportunity to not yeah. only grow your business, but then reward those loyal customers for being that evangelist for you out in the community. That's amazing. And I mean, really, that could be the most lucrative email list that you make to date. If you just spend time segmenting out, you know, people that are more like, likely to be referral partners and really do that, maybe like I think a quarter every quarter is not a bad idea if it's yep. a rhythmic thing. Yeah. So you'd be open to connecting us to one um, person. And, you know, some of the people that listen to this might be in B2B in, you know, situations. Those t- That's such a big deal. If you can, curate that list of referral partner type people. If you're, you know, doing subcontracting or whatever you're doing, um, there's a lot of opportunity to talk to other businesses about this too, that will, that are more likely to understand your situation and want to refer your business. Yeah. And, you know, I want to call out something you just said a moment ago, you mentioned, you know, maybe send quarterly or every couple of months, you know, I really encourage people that if you are going to start leveraging email marketing for your business, not only to, to grow it, but making sure that you're retaining those existing clients don't go overboard, right? I always like to, to tell people, take a moment, think about what you're sending and ask yourself, why are you sending it? Yeah. We've all been on those email lists where you get an email every other day from the company and it, it's, it ends up being off-putting because it's just too much yeah. communication. So when we yeah. look at things like these, these kind of seasonal or topical emails, you know, ask yourself, have I sent recently? Is it important that I send this? And at the end of the day, yeah. um, only send if you've got something to say. Right. Don't just send for the sake of sending. Um, you know, if the weather's changing, there's going to be a cold front, whatever it may be. Um, use that as an opportunity again to educate your clients. Right. It's no longer a sales pitch. It's hey, we we've done this work. We want to educate you on what's kind of coming down in the future if there is um, a weather change that's that's on the horizon or whatever it may be. And that way, again, you're not just this. Uh, individual that's trying to sell a service, but you're now a trusted advisor that's trying to do right by the homeowners to ensure that um, whatever services or products they purchase from you are going to be maintained for the long run. And, and that way you're, you're doing right by them. Awesome. I love that. And uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast today, Tom. I think that that's um, a lot of value for folks regarding email. And I think email after the sale is a good place to be looking into as far as, um, you know, increasing that customer lifetime value. Increasing yeah, exactly. That, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to use the roofers as an example because, you know, I bought a new roof on a home that I owned back in Georgia and you buy them once every 30 years, unless there's, you know, some terrible weather incident. Right. And so, yeah. Um, it shouldn't be great. I sold you a roof. I'm out of sight, out of mind. You know, let's talk about maintenance and maybe we do a once a year inspection to make sure the shingles are good. Um, you know, we talked about these inclement weather pieces. I know folks in you know, Colorado, where I am down in Texas, they get a lot of hail potentially. So if that is happening, you know, reach out, see if, if, if they want you to swing by and just hop mm-hmm. on the roof real quick and make sure that it's getting inspected and that it's good to go. Um, and then hopefully you're building these, these relationships that really turn out to be lifetime clients, or at least uh, folks that are willing to refer new business to you, because again, you're doing right by the client and not just looking at them as dollar signs. Beautiful. Uh, Could you give us just a little bit of a, uh, what's the key value proposition of signposts and how can uh, people work with you if they want to work with you? 
Yeah, great question. So uh, really the value prop of signposts is that we help you uh, obviously get to the top of that local search result. So we like to think that we democratize the front page of Google. Uh, and once you're at the top of there um, and we drive leads to your website, we do have a chat product that can help gap, uh, get that lead, um, send that contact information to you as the contractor to follow up. So the notion is, is get the lead, get the job, and when the job's done, get the review. And it's this wonderful circular effect where you're able to continue growing your business and communicating with your existing clients to drive repeat business. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. And of course, uh, it's Hook, the podcast put on by Hook Agency, hookagency.com. Um, I want to, I, did you say the, the website? I did not know. It's uh, signpost.com is the best place to reach out for additional information. There is a form to fill out there to receive a demo or just learn more information from one of our members of our sales team. Uh, but again, we, we want to help the little guy compete with the big folks. And we think the best way to do that is to democratize the front page of Google. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you chatting with us today. And thank you everyone for listening. Join us uh, for the next episode and we'll talk later. Bye.